0: Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Oh, I'm just going to check the vibe of the room both online and in person. God is good? Okay, some people are still waking up. Um, What time is it? Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Oh, front and left. Where are you? Come on, come on. It's so good to be with you. For those that didn't hear, my name is Stephen. You can say step hen if you can't remember. Take a step and a hen. And I'm here to bring the word of God today. Um, um, Who are you going to call? Jesus. Hallelujah, each and every time. And today we're going to be calling not only Jesus but Moses as well for today's preach. For this reason, okay, he had a strong relationship with God. Um, God saw him. They spoke as friends do. Um, they spoke as 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 God led Moses. Moses was then able to lead the people face to face with God. That is the title of the preaching, that's where we're going. You might have heard of the old song, tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. Okay, you're still waking up, you gotta be, you gotta be with me, I need interaction, We need conversation, because that's all prayer is, conversating with God. Face to face with God is, we're gonna explain what that means, um, looking at Numbers chapter 12, verse six to eight. It says this, God said, "'When there was a prophet among you, "'I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions.'" In visions. I speak to them in dreams, but this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. When I speak with him, I speak face to face. That is not in riddles, clearly. Clearly. He sees the form of the Lord. And I think that is what makes Moses so special. He had a face-to-face relationship with God. That's what made him a hero of the faith. And that's why when we say who we're going to call, that's what I'd like for you to think of face-to-face relationship with God. How can we emulate that? And I'm going to discuss three ways in which we're going to do that. Firstly, God saw him. God saw Moses. Right, we'll be looking at how God saw Moses and how God sees you. And secondly, we're going to be looking at how they spoke; it was a face-to-face relationship. But how can we have a deeper relationship and friendship with God? And lastly, we're going to be looking at how God led Moses, and then Moses was able to lead the people and what we can learn from that. So we're in for a ride. It's a short bus route, but faith is a journey. We don't just come to church on a Sunday or online, we live the faith. So you're going to have to take this word and live it, live the gospel truth of it in your day-to-day life. I'm going to both encourage you and challenge you today. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you haven't already at home or in person, be kind to yourself and re-ewind. Go back home and uh, we'll wherever you are on the bus, not whilst you're driving, but re-watch the preachers that we've had, you know, who you're going to call. We've had um, Becky, we've had Pastor Kemi and Pastor John last week discussing Jonathan, Abigail and Peter respectively. So do yourself a favour and check out the wisdom that can be gleaned from those preachers. Um, if you're at home or in person again, join me using the Youth Version Bible app. Okay, where you can find notes and more Bible references. But before we go any further, it's always good to begin with prayer. So let's, let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you first and foremost for who you are. We thank you that we are friends with you and you are friends with us. You see us as we truly are in you. And in your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is healing, transformation, and guidance and wisdom. So Lord, this morning, as we reflect on your word together, I pray that these words will be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer, and that you would use them to lead us and guide us and our friendships with you day to day, not just today, but in the week as well, and in the days and seasons that are ahead. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, so who was Moses? For nearly 400 years, the generation of people that we call the Israelites or the Hebrews, they were a people living under the bondage of slavery, under the bondage of Pharaoh, the Pharaoh of Egypt. And Moses, his life began really difficult. It was a really difficult start in life. Um, He was pushed along by his mother down the River Nile and landed himself in a reed of beds, a bed of reeds, which way around is it, right? And so he was almost abandoned by his parents. Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, that it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. You see, Moses' life was in danger from the moment of his birth because there was an edict or a law by the Pharaoh that all firstborns, all Hebrew firstborns, should be killed. This is out of fear that they would one day not only overpower the Egyptians, but overpower them in strength and in wisdom too. So it was out of fear that the Pharaoh did this, and Moses was born at a time of genocide. But God's hand was over this child, in the same way that God's hand is over you. God's hand was over this child, and actually, he found an ally in an unlikely place. Pharaoh's daughter, the princess, found this child in the riverbed, not only took him in, From the river. Moses is called Moses because you pulled him out of the river. That is the meaning of the name Moses. She named him Moses and adopted him into her family, took him to the palace. And you might be thinking, well, that's kind of a wonderful kind of ending to the story. You go, you know, you start off being born in a time of genocide, then you end up in the palace. Isn't that great? We're gonna continue. Because this is not so. When Moses, as Moses grew, he came to a time in his life where there was a crisis of identity, right? He didn't quite fit in with the Egyptians living in the palace because he was of Hebrew descent, and he didn't quite fit in with the Hebrews because he was living it up in the palace, or so they thought. So he didn't quite fit in. And maybe some of you might be able to relate to that today, not quite knowing where you fit in. There was this internal struggle led Moses to actually kill someone that he saw oppressing a Hebrew. And then after that, he fleed from Egypt. He ran away and became a fugitive, became a shepherd. And I believe for 40 years, God humbled him. How long do we need? <laughs> 40 years to be humbled in the desert. And then after that, he came to Egypt and answered, answered the call of God to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And there's a lot of miracles or a lot of plagues during this time that actually helped Moses. But in the end, Moses did not get to see the promised land. Hebrews chapter 11, 24 to 28 verses tell us this, that by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated with people along the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than all the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward now watch this is the part that we need to focus on just a little bit by faith he left egypt not fearing the king's anger he persevered because he saw him who is invisible he persevered because he saw him who is invisible he saw god So that is the background on Moses. And it leads us very nicely to our first point. God saw Moses and God sees you. From the beginning, when he was placed in the basket, God saw Moses. His life started really badly. But in all his life, we can see the thread of hope that was being weaved by the hand of God. And I believe that there's a thread of hope that God weaves over each and every one of our lives, especially when we can't see it. There's a thread that leads us, that guides us. There's something that we call God incidences, not coincidences, are you with me? Yes. God saw Moses and by provision, he was able to be adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter. So God saw Moses and led him. And the very same is true for each and every one of us. God sees you from the beginning of your life. It doesn't matter where you start, how you begin. God sees you, God knows you, God leads you, God guides you. It says this in the words, God knew you even before you were in your mother's womb. Psalm 139 verse 13 says it like this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Know it and know it well, God sees you. God sees you. And in the middle of his life, God still saw Moses even though he committed this heinous crime of murder. God called Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 to 10, saying, I have heard my people's cry, and I am sending you. I have heard my people's cry, and I am sending you. And then Moses said, what? Who, me? And God said, yes, you. Moses didn't see himself as someone that could speak. He thought he was poor of speech and not eloquent. He explains this much in in, in chapter 4 of Exodus, chapter 4, verse 10. I am slow of speech and I'm a stammerer, slow of tongue. And I can relate to Moses because you may not know this just by looking, but I have something called dyslexia. So it means that when I come to speak or when I come to do things, I'm not quite sure of myself. I'm thinking, oh. Can I do this? But when you try to do things in your own power, in your own strength, it doesn't work. But when Moses was led by God and when Moses was obedient to the call of God, that's where we find our strength, in obedience. Moses still thought he wasn't good enough in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, saying, Who am I? That you should send me, that I should go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. But every time that Moses came up with an excuse about himself, about the way he saw himself, God confronted that with a different reality. God confronted him with how he sees Moses. What about us? In fact, God saw a leader in Moses. God saw someone who was faithful, someone who, could, who you could speak to face to face as one does with a friend, clearly, plainly, without riddles. You see, we can live our lives in very much the same way that Moses did, scared, afraid of who we are in God, in Christ, the opposite of how God sees you. But the word tells us again in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we know that all things work together for good for those who love him, who love God, and who have been called according to his purposes. And a part of the truth for you to cling to today is that you, both here in person and at home, you have been called according to the purpose of God. There's something that only you can do according to the will of God that will free somebody today tomorrow, next week, next month, this year. But it means you stepping out. Similar to like when you walk into the Sainsbury's or any other shop, there's a door that we have to step through in obedience. And stepping means that the door will open in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You have been given the power to be called a child of God, a friend of God, no longer a slave, Like Moses, when we're in the presence of God, we are called out of brokenness. However we see ourselves, whatever our life has been like, every chapter in our lives can be used for the glory of God. And that's especially important to remember when you're going through a tough time. God desires to use you for his glory. And in the end, in the end, God saw Moses strike a rock twice, beat the rock. In fact, in Numbers chapter 20, verse 1 to 12, which is not what God told him to do. And as a result of Moses' lack of trust, lack of obedience, he didn't get to see the promised land. What do we take from this message? You don't want to miss out on what God has promised for you because of a lack of obedience. Proverbs chapter three, verse five to six says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Straight. Or as my dad would say, straight, no curve, no bend, just straight. And that leads us nicely to our second point. Moses and God spoke face to face. They had a relationship. And that's the focus of the sermon today, the preach today. I'm going to ask you to, in your Bibles or on the screen behind me, we're going to focus on Exodus chapter 33, verse 7 to 11. I know I spoke a lot, but I'm going to ask you to stand as we read this word together, if you are able to. We're going to stand and we're just going to let this word wash over us. In particular, I'm going to draw your attention to verse 11. It says this. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp and some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all of the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he had entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the tent, the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshiped, hallelujah, each at the entrance to their own tent. Verse 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young assistant Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Please be seated. The first point that I take from this is that Moses knew where to find God. There was a particular tent that was called the tent of meeting. Moses was intentional about meeting with God away from people. And this mirrors the relationship that Jesus had with God. Jesus would take time away from people to go and conversate with his heavenly father. You can find that in Mark chapter one, verse 35. So what can we learn today from Moses about having a deeper relationship with God? What can we learn about doing that? Moses was intentional. That's the headline. Where do you go to meet with God? Where are you intentional with God? For me, I like to go prayer walking. I like to walk along canals. Maybe you could find, make time with God before everybody wakes up, in the shower. Make time with God when you're cycling. Be intentional about cultivating a relationship with God. Spending time with God in conversation. Be intentional about meeting with God. There's a quote that I love um, from Cory Ten Boom that says this. And it's a question that actually convicted me and I hope it convicts you too. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? I'm going to say it again for the people at the back online as well. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? The psalmist would say, Selah, think on these things, meditate on them, hold them in your heart. Do you have a particular place or time that you meet with God intentionally? Moses was intentional about spending time with God. We should be too. Moses met away from the people. And as a result, I believe that God trusted him with the laws that would govern the life of people. We call that law the 10 commandments. How does God speak to us? Through the word, through the word of God. And in order to have a deeper relationship, intimacy, friendship with God, you need to cultivate time like Moses and Jesus and get away and pray. Spend time with God. And that leads us nicely to our third point. God leads Moses and then Moses leads the people. What can we learn from that? That we can do nothing on our own. We can do nothing on our own. There's a story with Moses and Jethro, Jethro was Moses' father-in-law. And one day, Jethro went to go and meet Moses and was just observing his style of leadership, how he was leading the people, how he was judging the people at the time. And Jethro said to Moses in Exodus chapter 18, verse 13 to 7, why are you doing all of this alone? It's not meant to be this way. Why are you doing this alone? From morning till evening, it should not be this way. The work is too heavy for one alone, for you alone. The point for us to learn here is that we dwell and operate in community. Jesus says it better than I ever can. In John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I often like to think of myself as number two and God as number one. It makes leadership Much better when you think of yourself like that. And it reminds you of Star Trek. You know, calling yourself number two. It means God's number one. And if you're a Star Trek fan, that makes a lot of sense. If you're not, it still makes a lot of sense. Let God be number one in your life. Let God lead you and follow the call of God. Because leadership is a gift, but it's hard. Moses wasn't always valued. In fact, some people as Moses was leading them through the, towards the promised land, they would say, ah, man, I'd rather be with, with Pharaoh because at least then I'd know I'd get a, 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 a good meal instead of wandering in the desert with you not knowing where we're going. I think this is one of the reasons why Moses tried to get away from leadership and one of the reasons why God And Moses spent so much time together. More so, Moses in the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, whatever's going on in the background, however you're feeling, in the presence of God, that's changed. You get perspective, you get healing, you get deliverance. God says, In my power, in my strength, you can go. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Don't hide from the blessing found within challenge. Don't hide from the blessing found within challenge. There's no skip button or um, still continuing Netflix kind of button in your life, in chapters in your life. Because when you live out your life, you live it for the glory of God. James says this, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face any kind of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be complete and mature, not lacking in anything. Moses led the people by following the call of God. Moses led the people well when he was obedient to the call of God. An example of this is when he walked through the Red Sea. We too can be led by God to get strength from him, not just for ourselves, but for others too. The most powerful testimony that you can have is your own encounter with God. So that's Moses who reminds us that face-to-face with God, God sees you. That there is a deeper friendship to be had with God today. That in the presence of God, you are known and empowered. And the encouragement and challenge for you today is to get into the presence of God, where there is an abundance of of life, not for you only, but for your generations to follow. There's a song that says, what a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We've been singing and thinking about peace, not only today, but in the services before. Get into the presence of God. Carve out time with God today. Build a habit of spending time with God. Let God's presence and friendship refresh your life. Seek God and he will find you. Draw nearer to God and he will draw nearer to you. And we can only say to that forever, amen. But the encouragement and challenge for you and for me, is to walk with God daily in friendship. I'm going to hand back to the band now to continue to lead us in this time of worship. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you.